Things Girlfriends Share. Welcome to Girlfriend It, hosted by women for women on a variety of topics most relevant to our daily lives. Weekly, we have incredible, inspiring, and influential guests as we explore everything from why ambitious women don't quite reach their full potential to how we deal with the dailiness of life. Together, we will hear compelling stories of other individuals in hopes of one thing. How do we get to know ourselves? All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we are at Girlfriended. I'm Patty Wyatt. I will be your host today. And we are going to talk about what do you do when God doesn't show up the way you thought he would. Years ago, I heard a speaker, Pete Wilson, who founded Cross Point Church, and he asked that very question, what do you do when God doesn't show up the way you wanted him to? And I remember just leaning in and gobbling up, scribbling down his words, and I ran out, I bought his book uh, called Plan B, and he talked about how we have these dreams and goals and wishes and expectations. And for a plethora of reasons, they don't come to fruition. You know, our plans fizzle, our dreams could shatter, expectations get crushed, people betray us or let us down. And often we let ourselves down. But maybe for you, it was information you received from a doctor, or perhaps your plan B came through an email that causes you to doubt your husband. For some of us, it's our children not fitting into the perfect mold that you had for them. So basically, plan A comes to an abrupt stop, and plan B hijacks your life. So today, we are stepping into this aspect of shattered dreams that may have you questioning and wondering, where are you, God, in all of this? And you might be operating at a place where you just feel broken, um, bruised. It you're, you're literally waking up in the morning going, okay, God, would you please show up today? Are you, are you still involved <laughs> in my life right now? Yeah. So hold, Hold that deep and poignant thought. Thank you, Sherry, for agreeing with me, because now I'm going to introduce you to four amazing friends of mine, and cumulatively, we have well over a hundred years of friendship in the bucket, which doesn't make us old. I know we have just been friends for a very long time. And I, I've shared in the past with you about basement friends. And those are those the ones that you love them to death, but they can drag you down. And maybe for a certain season that they're in that pit and you're helping them try to get unstuck, but then you have these balcony friends, and they're the ones that chisel you like iron and help you become a better person, just craving Jesus more. And here we have it. I wish you could see Sherry right now because she literally is showing her muscles. And, and she wasn't that big. She wasn't the balcony friend that I was talking about. But hey, that's okay. Yes, just kidding. They all are my balcony friends. And together, we are going to talk about what that looks like when we are dealing with plan B. And last week we, we talked with Christette and with Sherry and Christette showed just the, the craziness of her life with, um, besides wearing some really ugly slippers and Sherry came along and told her to, uh, <laughs> her ugly slippers. <laughs> 
Because that's what girlfriends do. They, they're there for the words of affirmations. It's like, step up, girl, take a shower, maybe even put some makeup on your face. Uh, but Krista just showed what it was like to go from thinking you're a career woman to now staying at home with babies and changing poopy diapers and figuring out if you're going to nurse or do formula. And Sherry talked about that plan B in her life of wanting this built-in daughter-in-law that she thought she could sip lemonade with in her backyard and they moved to another state. But today we are going to talk with our girlfriend, uh, Robin and Debbie. And Debbie, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you have a plethora of plan Bs and I really don't even know which plan B, <laughs> which one you're going to go with. Oh my goodness. Uh, but- I don't either. Cause I just this morning, I have like 16 plan Bs. So funny. <laughs> Um, but let me just say, my, uh, unfortunately, my plan B's have been my whole life, and, um, and not in a dramatic, you know, oh, par me way, but just, uh, just the cards that I was dealt when I was 10, my parents divorced, and um, it was the biggest shock of my life. And so then um, we had to, of course, move out of the family home and go somewhere else, and then we moved to another state, and I had to make all new friends. And um, I did, had a great uh, life in Florida Beach, Florida. And then at 18, I got pregnant. Mm. At uh, 20, I was married. So uh, there's some backwards calculations there. But at 20, <laughs> I was married. And that was a uh, plan B. Uh, got pregnant again right away. And uh, then a couple of years later, got pregnant again. And then ended up divorced mm-hmm. and um and then i became a single mom with children and talk about a plan b when you're used to having somebody i was a stay-at-home mom for years and now i have to go get a job and now i have to hand my children over to somebody else every day mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so those are tough tough years and then um in the summers my kids would go stay with their dad in california and then one summer, he just never sent them back home. And mm. so I feel like I've had plan Bs forever and ever and ever. Uh, even recently, I am now finding myself, I was married for 24 years. And um, through a series of, of things that happened, and now I am 58 years old and divorced again. Mm. So I'm probably the hot mess balcony friend. Uh, but I sure do have a ton of wisdom. <laughs> and that is such a good attitude, Debbie, to go, hey, I I have learned. And, you know, God never wastes a moment, an experience, um, a hardship. He, Satan intends to harm us, and God will turn it to good if we allow him to. And, you know, let me know if I'm if I'm going too far, but because, you know, I will. Uh, I know you will, and I'm now, I'm scared right now. Very scared. <laughs> very, very frightened, little very girl. Uh, what went on? You, you know, it, 
what I'm seeing and research is showing that more and more uh, baby boomers, Gen Xers are getting a divorce after 25, 30 years of age. They're waiting for their kids to get out of high school or college thinking that this is going to be more beneficial to them. And instead, it's it's crazy. It's turning worlds upside down because yeah. now you're going, wait. You were married for, you know, 25 years and now this is happening. So can you share a little bit about how your world was rocked when you when you thought? I mean, well, that's the statement that you just made about how after so many years, I have said that about so many couples, including my own parents, who were married 17 years and then decided to get a divorce. And I remember saying to my dad, Dad, what, like, did you just wake up yesterday and decide you don't love mom anymore? Or mom, did you just wake up and decide you don't love dad anymore? And they both told us that, no, we still love each other. It's just been a series of things. And I always thought, that is such a bunch of hogwash. Let me just tell you, it it is true. It's not something you just wake up and say, I don't love you anymore. It's a series of, I can be candid in my own marriage um, and say, my husband was always in sales and he traveled all the time. And I had numerous people say to me, um, Debbie, this is probably not a great idea. You guys are never together. And we weren't. And so all of those years of him traveling, us not being together more than a few days um, every few weeks, uh, became us living separate lifestyles. And then going to bed at separate times. And then waking up at separate times. And then, uh, you know, he wanted to golf on the weekends. And so it just... Honestly, I've always said it takes two to make and two to break. No matter Mm -hmm. what happened, it does take two to make and two to break a marriage. And Mm -hmm. so I do accept my responsibility in it, um, but it's still a a humongous shock when it happens. Mm. Well, okay, I'm going to pause right there and have... Other girlfriends, join in, jump in. What were some of your thoughts uh, with that? And have you seen that where as we're getting older, not that we're, I mean, we're still very young in our 30s. We're not getting older, but whatever. (laughs) As we're maturing, as we're maturing, we're starting to see a little bit of this with with our own friendships. Any, Any thoughts, any tips? And Debbie, I'm writing that down. It takes two to what? It takes two to make a marriage, and it definitely takes two to break a marriage. Yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, I guess I, I to, uh, kind of jump in there, Patty. Uh, yes, I have seen the same um, scenario play out where couples will stay together for the kids, and then as the kids grow up and leave the house, then they realize they were only staying together for the kids. Mm-hmm. All they have is the kids. And now that they um, are young adults and they've moved out of the home, uh, they realize that they really have nothing in common. Um, And it's super sad. And so that's something that, you know, you try to be aware of, you know, when you are married, like, okay, in addition to the kids, we've got to build like some common ground and common interests with each other because, I mean, they're going to leave and... We, I mean, what are we going to have left? I mean, I, you know, that crosses your mind uh, as they get older in the home. You go, wow. I mean, because really all your activities are around them. I mean, it's all about them. It just, it just kind of works out that way. And so you have to really be aware of that and go, okay, what, what are we doing to stay connected to each other, to stay intentional, 
to build a life mm -hmm. for each other, with each other, because, I mean, that's a super easy thing to fall into. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I love that what you're saying, Sherry, about being intentional and often like listeners right now will go, yeah, you know, I need to be intentional. And one of the things that my husband and I did is we called it a Kuna Matata night because that was, you know, Lion King was. Oh, Patty, please tell me we're not going any further than this. Please tell me <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yes, we are. Matata. Ben, our producer, you need to close your ears for just a little while because Akuna Matata, even though we didn't have money to go out, we would go and, you know, in the living room, we'd put Akuna Matata meant pizza and movie for the kids. And we called it the no-no room and they couldn't go in this room. They would stand there on the tile like, can I get another drink, mommy? And you're like, no. There's water bottles there for you. Help yourself. But it's funny because year after year, they were adults and they would not go in the no-no room. Like when we would have a party, they, their friends, they were like, well, we're not allowed in that room. And, but that, that Akuna Matata night got to the point that as they got older, we could go upstairs and mommy and daddy are taking a bath and... You know, they were good with it. It was like, we, we didn't need a babysitter. And I know CPS right now is like, no. <laughs> but it, and, and, Did and you, you ever say daddy and I were wrestling? Does that, does that ever play out? <laughs> <laughs> but today, now that my kids are older, they're like, we loved that. We just thought that was normal, that mom oh. and dads take baths together and you know, they're up there playing all kinds of bubble baths, splish splash games, and it, it was it was good and healthy for them. So I think being an intentional and we knew that that night was a sure thing, you know, and I, I think it's a good thing, right? Yeah, so it is a good. What thing. are your thoughts? Did you sing Hakuna Matata when you were bathing? That's what I'm wondering, too. <laughs> Yeah, they all wore T-shirts, too. They all have T-shirts that say, Kuna Matata. They just thought that was just a normal, Gosh. normal thing, you know. But they want Gosh. that in there. Two of them are married, and they want that. They want Absolutely. to be intentional with that, that date night. And uh, it's important. Yeah, but it's true. I think we all laugh, but the, rea the reality is it is the passion that um, Christ set forth for us to be married. It's that's what he made us for. And it, and it is when you hear it in another marriage and maybe it's not happening so much in years. You're like, okay, yeah, it's uncomfortable for me to hear it because I, I'm looking, I want that desperately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I yeah. think there's this misnomer that it's just going to happen, but you know what? It's work. It's just mm -hmm. dad's work. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, anything that's worth having in life, you have to work at it exercise, diet, education, you have mm -hmm. to work. And you're not just going to drift into this loving, deep relationship without work. And I think that's the thing you're kind of, you're kind of fed that lies. You look around life like, Oh, it'll just happen. Well, no contraire. No, it's not. You mm -hmm. have to work at it. And, and it just takes discipline and work. And you know, sometimes you don't feel like working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then I Robin, know. you had something. 
I know for Jim and I, uh, he said to me one time early on in our marriage, um, after we had had kids, I think moms are just so busy. There's always something more that needs to be done. And he um, just said, could we at 8.30 every evening sit on the sofa together? And so I would put the kids to bed or we would put the kids to bed. And then even if we just sat there and watched TV together, he just wanted me to be by his side Aww. and be together. And I think over time, like it's, I don't even think about it. That's just a natural thing for me. We just meet up on the sofa and mm-hmm. spend some time together, just being friends, just mm-hmm. being together. Yeah. Sometimes along the way, if we're, yeah. um, we're both doing our own separate things, whether it be work or whether it be whatever, um, that we, we lose that. Yeah. And, and Robin, on that note, tell, tell us a little bit what, that, what happened with your plan B. All of us have been there along this ride with you. And even being a part of your world, I I never really truly understood what took place. As a matter of fact, we went to lunch one time and you shared a little bit about what was going on and I still didn't get it. I, I listened to it from a shallow perspective and I don't think I really understood your pain until I, I heard it over and over again, which just shows I'm just throwing myself under the bus. Well, you're How just much- shallow. Pat. You're patty shallow. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's it. Like- I heard basement. I heard basement and shallow is what I heard right there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I just want to um, apologize truly for not being fully present, perhaps to, to dig deeper to where you were with your pain. And often, and, and Debbie, you said this, it's like, that's what's made you a very wise person. I think it. It helps us be more empathetic. It helps us be empathic listeners when we've gone through that deep, dark, painful struggle. And, you know, we don't ever want to go through it. Like, I don't want to eat manna for years and years and years. I I want to be partying Mm -hmm. in the desert and taking bubble baths. That's that's my world. (laughs) So when someone comes to a a Buddha. Yes, yes. And so when I am with, you know, friends that might be struggling, um, you know, I don't know, it's it's a good time to look at your blind spots and lean in and go, where, where am I, God? Like, we don't want God, we want God to show up the way we want him to show up. And are we showing up and being the Jesus with skin on for our other friends? Mm -hmm. Are we listening to be there? So with all that, Robin, I am publicly professing my, <laughs> and actually I'm pledging my love to you because I, I apologize, but tell us a little bit. And and if you don't go there right now, after I just preface this whole, <laughs> you go, no, life is good, Patty, uh, whatever. So tell us a little bit about your plan B and your journey. Okay. First of all, Thank you. I never felt that. Um, I think when you're going through something, you understand that most people don't understand what you're going through. And I think that's Mm -hmm. important. But I think if we're going to go back, my plan A, if I was just going to, you know, put it in a nutshell, my plan A was really all about me. So, um, 
what is natural for me is to to organize things, to put things together, to make things happen. Um, uh, Self sufficiency. Um, it was my motto, and um, also um, doing for others, doing for myself, doing big things um, were my identity. And so I think, honestly, in God's profound love, he gave me a plan B, um, but um, is it, it's not an easy plan B. So in uh, 2015, I was diagnosed with uncommon variable immune disorder. So a shout out to all the zebras out there. Um, when, when you have, um, uh, what that means is that I didn't have, my body doesn't make very many antibodies anymore. And so that makes me of course, susceptible to everything. And, um, then it began a long process of, um, what do you do about that? It's not, it's not ever something that you can get over, um, unless the Lord decides to heal me. Um, but I, I infuse at, at that time, it was once a week, um, somebody else's antibodies from their blood into my body. And then that would, af- it affects me. Um, I don't feel well for a few days and then, um, I would feel okay for a few days and then I would feel good for a couple of days and then it was time to infuse again. So you have that, uh, physical element, but you also have the psychological element of that and the emotional element of that. So it was a lot of really just time with the Lord in, um, surrendering the fact that I'm physically not capable of doing all that I used to be able to do. And that was crushing to my identity because it was so wrapped up in what I could do for myself, for my family and for others. And when I couldn't, then I was floundering. Like, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? So that was a really, um, a really big change for me. And then I would say probably a year after that, um, or actually it was a few months after that I broke my foot, um, Mm. my right foot. So that involved driving. I couldn't drive myself anywhere. Um, I couldn't get into my shower. So now my husband's driving me to work and he's lifting me up and putting me in the shower and I can go up the stairs. Like it was just like this whole physical change of my life where, um, another added physical thing, just showing me, um, my weaknesses, just showing me, um, how I need others in my life that, um, I'm not self-sufficient. And, um, and then in May of 2018, um, I had an emotional breakdown, um, because I was trying to do everything when my physical body wasn't allowing me. So I was pushing myself and the Lord just, um, allowed that to happen for me to see that I needed to surrender everything to him. I needed to surrender my physical, my, um, spiritual, my emotional, everything to him. And so that was, has been a two year journey. It's not something that you heal quickly from and, um, you know, suffering and trials is something that the Lord has told us in his word that we will have, but that it's, it's for our good. Mm -hmm. I don't like to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. Uh, Story, Robin. (laughs) I want to go back in the bathtub. (laughs) 
<laughs> adding some more bubble bath yes yeah. add more bubble bath All oh right. my gosh Robin my first thought when you were saying it was okay totally you know tears me up because I think we all felt that way with you we didn't really understand what was mm-hmm. going on and when you say it and you say it with such a sweet spirit and um I know your relationship with Christ and you, you, but I also know how hard it had to have been to just really yield everything back to him mm-hmm. and really have to do it. We you say really we want to do it, but you had to do it. You didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I look at that, I think such incredible love that the Lord has for me that he didn't want me to stay in that place, Mm -hmm. that he didn't want me to stay thinking that I was capable of doing everything on my own and for myself. He wanted me to see the vastness of his love and the, um, the purpose that he has for me. So he didn't leave me in that place. He took me to a much better place, but he says in his word that, um, in Romans five, to be specific, that He has us go through these things because he wants deeper character and he wants us to understand him more and to dig our roots deeper into him and who he is and his love. And so, so as hard as it has been, um, I would want the Lord to do it over again. If I had my life to live over again, to get me to a place where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think all of you would say that for your plan B's. I think you would all say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Krista, you're being so quiet there. I know it's like you're just soaking in all this wisdom that <laughs> <laughs> if we do say so ourselves. And and thank you for that, Robin, and thank you for that that verse. But Krista, what are what are your thoughts? Well not to I- put you on the spot. <laughs> Well, I, I agree with Robin um, immensely. And, you know, I can remember when my youngest son was diagnosed on the autism um, spectrum and feeling that alone. Nobody can understand. And you, but you're not mad at anyone about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, it, it's, it's the opportunity to lean into the Lord and really see how he's going to provide for you. And, you do. I mean, he made me a better mom. I wouldn't change it for the world to go through those horrific days, hours, minutes sometimes. Um, and for him, it was some years mm-hmm. as well. So, and in the end, God did a miracle. And that's another story that I can't wait mm-hmm. to share because there's so many beautiful things that um, took place, but it was heartbreak. I can't even tell you the heartbreak. I had to grieve and I would cry and And so, but like I said, just like Robin said so beautifully, you just, it's an opportunity to draw draw closer to the Lord and to share it with someone else, to give them an opportunity of hope. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you're so right. We have so many stories with, with all of us together. And, you know, even as we're talking and our listeners are out there, I'm sure there's a, there's a story that you're, you're right in the middle of, and we would love to hear from you. We would love to, um, hear what comments and, and the, the hope that God has brought into your life, because at times it, it seems as though everyone else has it all together. Like yeah. either they're all getting married or they're having this happily forever after every night's in a Kuna Matata night, right? Everyone is fiercely <laughs> successful in their career. Everyone yes. is ecstatically joyful with being an empty nester. You, you know, it's like, or they're all having a baby when you're dealing with, you know, infertility. I know Robin, you're, you've had that whole situation unfold is we get to see everyone's highlights on social media. And that's what today was about is not only just our highlights and our wins, but to share the fact that you're not alone. We are in this together. Everyone has shattered dreams. We all have been disappointed or broken. We need healing. And, you know, on that note, I just want to say Pete Wilson, the pastor of the of the book Plan B, actually resigned from his church that he founded. And he shared on the last day, leaders who lead on empty don't lead well. And for, for some time, I've been leading on, on empty. And with that, we are going to end the show to, or actually, we're just going to go into a commercial break. It's been an honor to give you this information. So stay tuned and we will be right back after these messages. We are in it together. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. What has less than 50 calories per serving is rich in potassium, B vitamins, beta carotene, and a great source of fiber? It is pumpkin. There are many fabulous ways to reap the benefits of this winter squash from October to February. CNN reports the pumpkin is nearly 90% water, and one cup of canned pumpkin has 7 grams of fiber. Fiber slows digestion and will help you feel fuller longer, which is fabulous for weight loss. It has nearly 20% of the daily vitamin C requirements, which is wonderful for your immune system. They also state that pumpkin can lower cancer risk and help keep your skin younger looking. But one of the most beneficial reasons to enjoy pumpkin is that it packs over 200% of the daily recommended intake of vitamin A and other antioxidants that help prevent macular degeneration and cataracts. Again, I have four amazing girlfriends. We were talking about balcony friends and basement friends. And these are my balcony friends. And I, I would even like to um, just just go there, going back to watching so many people um, as they're, they're we're living more fragmented lives and there's more divorce that's taking place. And I, I really do think there, I know I have several friends that are dealing with this. Um, they're, they're separated. They're trying to figure out exactly what to do to get that relationship, restore that relationship. And, you know, it, 
I, I heard one time, if you have one person that is really leaning in and wanting restoration, then it can happen. Uh, so what, what are some tips that you guys have? And, and I just want to hold that thought for a second, because what's happening is that the millennials now are watching their parents get a divorce after, you know, 25 years. And now they are not getting married. They're waiting later because they're like, wait, I, I don't want that. I don't want to deal with bringing kids into the world and then, you know, having um, a a divorce later on. So Sherry, you were going to make a, you're leaning in. What were you going to say with that? Oh yeah. I've been telling, uh, you know, any young marrieds as they're, you know, starting to go uh, that direction. I say, here, here's my tip. It takes three things, prayers, tears, and counseling. (laughs) Yeah. True. True, true, true. Yeah, prayers, tears, and counseling, and uh, all all along the way, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you can't do it alone, uh, mm-hmm. and and sometimes there's this misnomer that you can, uh, the two of you, that maybe if you attend church and you have friends and blah blah blah, and you read your Bible. No, uh, you still need. I mean, you need a lot of work because you bring two people into this, and they bring all their everything from their childhood into that marriage and you blend it together and some things don't bubble up until you're in the middle of it. And now what? Um, mm-hmm. So I think uh, so, what well, I get, I talked about this with some girlfriends. Sometimes you think that it, you just need scripture, but I think many times mm-hmm. you need therapy in addition to scripture because mm-hmm. there's, junk and, and, and behaviors and mm-hmm. triggers that, um, have never, ever been dealt with and totally, um, exposed and healed and spoken into and just praying a verse over it isn't enough sometimes. And I totally go, agree, Sherry, cause Jim and I would, uh, we would do devotions when he was in town. Of course it was our our, uh, we were in church whenever we could be. We were in choir. We taught Sunday school. We taught the babies. And uh, we tried to fix it with um, look at everything we're doing, Lord. Look at how great we are together. and Look at how much we're in service for you. We tried to fix it with that alone for years, thinking that that was going to, to do it. And God had another plan for us because you're absolutely right. We had to go to another uh, level in our relationship, more help, more mentoring, because what we thought we were doing was just reading. We thought we were teaching. We were just going. We thought we were sponging, but we weren't. Such a good point. We can go through, we we do a real real good job of um, compartmentalizing things and going through the show of it all without mm-hmm. even realizing what's going on inside. And Sherry, a couple of things that, that you said there, uh, just great tips would be what triggers from, you know, and, and, and Debbie, you alluded to that. It's like, we, you don't know what's coming up from your childhood. And it's like, mm-hmm. as you mature, instead of getting older, as we mature, it even more junk 
comes comes forward. And I know even for my husband and I, there were some triggers that he had from his his mom who was very overbearing. And I realized, it, you know, I am, and I know this is a shock to you guys that you would think. Thank God you're and, the opposite, Patty. Thank God you're the I know. Opposite. I'm just kind of this shy, introverted <laughs> person. So, you know, that I, it, it wouldn't bring up any triggers, right? And that I highly recommend if you're a little hesitant on counseling to at least go in and do the Enneagram test or the 16 person personalitytest.com you can go on to. And this helped us when we were in our uh, going through our premarital counseling, it came out that uh, Kevin had a little bit more hostility. And I never saw that in him. Like he's the kindest, Mm. sweetest, it, most amazing man, but we would get in the car and lo and behold, you know, it was like, you idiot, get out of my lane. And what are you thinking? And it was like, Woo! like, where did this, where did it even come from? Like, I, I had no idea, you know, that, that was his therapy session, right? Going driving. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would always laugh and tease him like you, this is so fun driving with you. This is amazing. <laughs> but one time it was in our, our first year and I, I'm going to, I'm going to really go there. Uh, our first year of marriage. And there were some things that, that was happening that I thought, no way. I am not moving forward in this marriage. Like you will not treat me that way. And I remember leaving and my mom's words saying, you know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And it was like, oh, the sun's going to go down several times. This is not (laughs) going to happen here. And I kept hearing it and I kept hearing it. And I remember going into another room and praying and it starts with you. It starts with your thoughts. And I was so out because I'm the baby of six and I was so out to get my way and you will not treat me this way. You will not say those things rather than humbly. And this, you know, some people are going to hear that and they're going to go, no way. I don't need to be that submissive. I'm not even saying be submissive. I'm just saying, look inside, look what's happening in your thought process. And I remember just praying and going, okay, God, I, I, what do I need to do here? And I walked back in our room and he was standing there with his black socks on and his, you know, tidy whities And he was literally pulling his underwear out of his crack. You know, that whole thing going on. <laughs> nice, and- visual. nice visual. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I, he's in the other room. I know he's cracking up right now going, okay, my life is so exposed. Patty can never keep one thing to herself, but that was it. I was like, enough. I, 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 I can't do this, God. I cannot do this. And I, you just force yourself. Like you said, you know, Sherry, it is hard work. It takes discipline. And I, I was like, you know what? I am sorry for my part that I'm, that I'm playing here. I am sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and he just melted. I mean, he came over there, hugged me in his weighty tighties and that was that. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to move forward and, and just, so when you're in those moments to ask yourself, what do I want out of this relationship? Do I want to win or am I leaning in going, I, I want to have a fun night. Why do, why do I want to waste this evening arguing and trying to get him to, I think as women, we want them to chase after us, you know, if we're upset. Mm-hmm. 
I want to, I, you know, I, I want our, our knight in shining armor to, to come there and go, I am so sorry. And we have to look at our part and Robin, you, you're leaning in there. You know, I, um, I always felt like, um, God's plan in all marriages would be that they would be good marriages, that they would be, you know, lovey, hallmarky. Um, and I have a girlfriend who, as I got to know her, she has a hard marriage. Um, and it's a constant struggle. And, um, she said to me one day, you know, Robin, the Lord never promised me that I would get married and that this would be just an comfortable, easy, loving thing. But I think in our society, somewhere along the way, we put those expectations, maybe it's part of the whole Disney thing, that we are going to get married and it's just going to be just euphoric all the time. And then there's so much disappointment because our expectations are that way when that's not what the Lord has promised. He's promised that he's going to work on us. And when he works on us, like a lot of that comes about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it also goes back to what we said earlier. It does take two, but it's so easy to go look at him and his tidy whities and his black socks. What a jerk. Um, but when you sit back and go, because I tried to do the same thing with my the end of my marriage. Yes, but look what he did. Look what he did. Look what he did. And then I had to spend a year going, okay, what did I do? What was my part in this? And Robin was the one who said to me years ago, I said, oh, Robin, he's being such a, you fill in the blanks. And Robin goes, you know what, Debbie? Sometimes you are too. That was the balcony friend. Okay, real quick, I just want to say, because Krista, you're leaning in, but I I have to add to that, Debbie, that the only thing Robin told me is that every room needs something black in there, Um, so (laughs) apparently... uh, (laughs) Sorry, you're not near as close as Robin and I are, Patty, sorry. <laughs> I got designing tips from Robin, and you get like oh, full blown off. Trust me, so. I got those too. <laughs> okay, Krista, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to comment that I did fall for that happily ever after. I mean, mm-hmm. and I was looking for an escape as well. Because, like Sherry, you know, had pointed out, we bring in our childhood, mm-hmm. and. Dan was like the perfect gentleman. I mean, he was the first man that never made me feel like he wanted more. He respected me. He loved me for who I was. And he was a gentleman. He was kind and considerate. And, you know, and I'm like, this is it. This is what I've been waiting for. And I put so much pressure on him to fulfill Mm -hmm. my happiness, Mm -hmm. not recognizing at that time. And it took several years to realize my joy and my happiness comes from the Lord, not from him. That's the the blessing I get from loving him well and learning how to, you know, um, lean together and to work through it and not give up. And, you know, um, there was one time where things were really, really hard and, and I was looking elsewhere, you know, I'm like, I, how do I get out of this? What, what can I do? And, you know, I had this thought like, well, you're just going to start over again, you know, and, and, and everybody has something that they bring to a marriage that 
you know, you already know what he struggles with. Let's work with that. You know, why start all over again? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it's really helped. <laughs> mm, mm. And one of my favorite yeah. lines that my mom told me is, what if the next one's worse? <laughs> <laughs> because you're literally just treating some problems for some somebody else's other problems. Uh, God intended for us to stay in that marriage. I believe yeah. it wholeheartedly. My life went a different way, but I do believe God intended us to stay in that first marriage. Yeah. You know what? A couple of points there, uh, Debbie, it's so true. We have to work on ourselves. Like if we're always looking at, have you ever seen that where, you you know, other girlfriends where they're moving from group to group to group and it's, they're pointing the finger continuously where you go, okay, what part are you sabotaging that you're having to go from group to group? And, you know, like you said, Debbie, just unpacking what you, what part you're putting in there mm-hmm. and going back, Krista, when you were saying um, about having that, that fantasy, that Disney, Robin, you were saying the Disney and Krista said, you know, I did want that. I wanted the Disney. Let's live ha- happily ever after. And I think too, when we put, so, so many expectations on our husband to fulfill us. And we know we need to be leaning in to, Je- to Jesus because that's the only way that that void. Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think we'll ever have that void filled here on earth because mm-hmm. we're not in heaven. So we're always just leaning in to that. But if you're a listener out there and you're so frustrated with your spouse because you expect him to meet all those expectations. That is what I have learned that God has wired us for relationships and every single one of our girlfriends, they, they breathe something in just like you said, Debbie, Robin told you specifically, like, look at your own dirt. Um, mm-hmm. I got designing tips from Robin, uh, you know, <laughs> but you're probably bring... speaking to Robin right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> She always gave me parenting tips, lots of parenting tips. Oh, Robin's got a lot of advice. Yep. I'm so sorry, you guys. Okay. I want to tell you my parenting tip. One time Robin came over and um, I, you guys know my parenting has just been like, yeah, you guys just, you know, do whatever. And there was no schedule. But when it was good for me, I wanted them to go down for a nap. And so I was putting two kids down for a nap while Robin was downstairs. And I was just kind of, you know, shoving them into the room like, all right, lay down for a couple hours. And I came down. They kept crying. They kept coming out, you know. And Robin said, Patty, I'll give you a few minutes if you want to read to them, Aww. you know, so they can. <laughs> oh, Debbie, Debbie's over there. Oh, I know. But oh. That's so, I, that's because uh, that is so sweet because I'm more of a patty. You're fine. You're fine. You can come out when your daddy comes home. But right yeah, now you stay in there. Go read a book in there. And she was like, okay, you want to read a story? I can sit down here for a while. Um, but yeah, you, you need those friends. And I'll never forget it because I thought, oh, maybe that's what, maybe that's what I need to do. Hey, that's what good mothers do. Am I supposed to read to my children? What a concept. Man, why did I have to pick friends that have such good memories? <laughs> Like, I don't remember any of these things. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, you know what? We need to do a Robin series of just episodes of Robin Says. <laughs> oh, we could do, yeah, Robin Robin, or, or from Robin's Nest. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I have such a good one for you guys, and I can't do it right now because I have to ask her permission if I can share. Because it was it was one from college that she she gave me. She actually asked me for a tip, and then she told me what her tip was. And yeah, I need to ask her. <laughs> no, I, I remember another one. That I, I can tell this one. One time we were out shopping, and this is when she's single. She's like, you know, I decided that um, I'm just going to start buying a lot of clothes now. So um, because after we're married, we may not have enough money for clothes. So I'm going to shop now. And this boy has a lot of outfits. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that sounds that just too. like me. That sounds just like me. Preparing. Preparing for the worst. Okay, so... So mine is, you know, Robin with the estate sales, we get this beautiful, I, I didn't grow up where I understood like crystal, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I went to my girlfriend's house one time I spent the night and I wanted to grab orange juice the next morning and I grabbed her Waterford glasses and I was just, you know, sipping my orange juice and she came downstairs <laughs> and said, are you celebrating something? <laughs> I was like, no, I just grabbed the glass in your cabinet. She was like, well, make sure you hand wash that because you're holding a $300 glass. And I was like, oh, I guess I wow. am celebrating, you know? So that's the background there. And so Robin would do these, you know, she would travel all over, you know, in, in, in her first class, you know, whatever, you know, with, with her bright lipstick. And she had this beautiful, I don't even know what you would call the pottery. I, I can only call it pottery. It's clay to me, but it was these beautiful things in her kitchen. So you guys are going to laugh so hard. So I, I was at Big Lots one time and I, I thought, wow, you know, this little bunny teapot kind of looks like what Robin has. So I bought several of these, you know, pottery <laughs> pieces and I displayed them on my shelves. I, you know, I, I did, I Robinized my kitchen. <laughs> and she came over and I was so excited for Robin to see. Oh no. You know, I, I, I don't know. This might be in a. Please tell me she said something okay. horrible to you. Cause just, we need one thing. <laughs> I said, you know, I thought of you when I was when I was buying this. What what are your thoughts on on this? And she was like, well, and I I can't remember her words exactly, so I don't want to put them out there. But let's just say those big lot pieces <laughs> are no longer. <laughs> they only lasted a week. Okay, they they did not stay there. But I love that. Because she chisels me, and it would be really embarrassing to have big lot pottery pieces in my decor in my in my kitchen. As precious family heirlooms oh passed down to your kids. Oh, oh. what was that, <laughs> Debbie? I didn't hear you. What did you say? I said, as precious family heirlooms to passed down to your kids. Right. Oh. It was right. probably Beatrix Potter. Isn't that who it was, Chicky? Who, who was uh, the pottery people? I have Mackenzie no idea. Childs, I bet. Wasn't again, it? I have no recollection of this. <laughs> it, it was. It was, Sherry. I'm sure because, yeah, I remember seeing bunnies. And <laughs> and so Big Lots had a special $4.99 on bunnies or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, 
that was Jim's nickname for me. So I bought lots of bunnies because he always Aww. called bunnies. So that's why I had bunnies. But yeah, I don't know about your bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even remember that, Robin, at all. She has no recollection. <laughs> 30 uh, years uh, of friendship, but she remembers none of our friendship. Exactly. <laughs> Robin, it's I just want to ask, the do you antibody. remember living it's next door to me in the dorm? Do, do you that remember living remember. next door to me? That I remember. I remember that you have the cutest legs ever. That's what I remember. I still remember that, okay? <laughs> that, let's, let's, let's make sure we talk about that, how amazing my legs are. Okay? <laughs> you do have good legs, Patty. Well, and, thank you. And that thank all the boys liked being your friend. Oh, they did. We, that could be an episode two, right? Yes. Right there. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, we will get back on track here. We're talking about what do you do when God doesn't show up the way you thought he would? And uh, a couple of tips just to kind of summarize. We talked about. Um, I, I say it again, Sherry, you said tears, prayers, tears, and counseling, mm -hmm. Prayer, prayers, tears, tears and, counseling. and counseling. And I think one of those just in the praying aspect is, you know, do a self check. Who, who is that girlfriend in your life? Who's that Robin that will be so brutally honest with you and tell you, get rid of the bunnies. Um, you, you have some own poop in your life that you need to clean out. Uh, make sure that you have those people that will breathe into you and that you can ask for them to, to pray with you. And if, if you're out there and you're feeling so alone and so isolated and you just go, I, I don't, I don't have that friend that is a safe place that I can trust, then you know, please contact us. Let us know. We we are in this together. We want to be here for you. That is the, the whole reason that we feel that God has given us this platform, that has given us this voice, is to be out there and share our plan Bs, share some of our dreams that have fizzled, our expectations that have gone down the drain. And we, we just want to be here for you. So any other thoughts and tips, you guys, we have four more minutes before we end the show today. Anything you guys want to add? Uh, just uh, always have some chocolate on hand too. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? They yeah. say fat moms, fat moms always give their kids ice cream and skinny moms tell them to go for a run. I always wanted a fat mom. I just want a fat mom so bad. <laughs> Uh, well, and that goes back to Robin, you said, um, about you infusing and I can't imagine living that life, what you do now, um, pretty much weekly, but what are you infusing? I mean, uh, allegorically what we consume, our consumption is truly becomes our thoughts become our actions. Our actions become our character. And what is your identity? What is your brand? How are you showing up? Because if you're there feeling, you know, very alone and very isolated, then are you being that friend that you want? Um, I, I know I've gone through seasons like that, where I, f I felt a little wounded, where, hey, I'm not a part of that. And I realized, 
you haven't been a part of that group forever. And now you see them out, you know, doing whatever. And you're going, wait, how come I wasn't invited there? And you go, because you've, you've ignored them for years. Like <laughs> think of who you are as, as a friend and Robin, what was the Romans verse again? Romans five, three, and four. Romans uh, five, 24. No, five, three, and four. Do you want me to read it to you? Yes, please. More than we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into us through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Mm -hmm. And if you're in that season where you are not feeling it, <laughs> you're going, where is the Holy Spirit through all of this? Then uh, what are some tips there just our, as we close up today? What are some tips if you're just feeling that way, Robin? I just want to say that, you know, when I was saying those things to you all in our younger relationships and our friendships, that was plan A, Robin. That was the one who I can do anything. I'm prideful. I know about this. I can tell you that you shouldn't have those bunnies in your house and you can, <laughs> but the plan B Robin is the one that the Lord has spent years working on and has humbled me and showed me that, no, I don't know everything. I don't know how to do everything. And sometimes I just need to keep my mouth shut. Okay, Robin, that is so yes. not true because I've always loved your feedback and that's mm -hmm. the person you're going to to that's going to be brutally honest with you. And uh, as you guys know, I have no problem giving any of you feedback. And, <laughs> and I, I don't see that as being arrogant. I see that as truly love. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's the whole thing as a leader, if you're with people and it's, I love you, I value you. I want you to be successful and you're breathing into these people and they know that about you, then you've earned the right, I believe to, right. and, and, and yeah. I do think the Holy spirit works that way. And Robin, we have one more minute. Okay, I'll just say it really quickly. But I think the difference is if you ask me, Patty, I will always be honest with you. But if you don't ask me, I'm praying that I will keep my mouth shut until you do ask me. Because to me, that's where the fine line is. Unless, of course, it's completely something really that you're stepping way out of line. But other than that, I would wait. I would hope to wait for that. Yeah, I feel that way. I'm trying to be more like that with my kids, but um, I have a hard time for people to ask. <laughs> Everybody needs my feedback. So apparently I, God, God hasn't taught me that lesson. And I don't even want to say it out loud because I, I don't want that lesson of humility necessarily. So yeah. Well, yeah. have you seen the title of that new book out for adult children? Keep the welcome mat out and your mouth shut. Oh, Ooh, I like that. That is that. Should, we should end it on that note. <laughs> yes, keep the welcome mat out and your mouth. Your shut. mouth shut. And That's awesome. Once again, God will never waste your gifts, your experiences, your trials, your struggles. He uses it all according to His plan. The enemy is out to destroy you, but He is out to truly breathe life into you. We are in it together. Thanks for listening to us. It's an honor to be with you. Bye. 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 Bye.
our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It, hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.